Hi, I'm Mark Iskowitz, Executive Editor at MMNM, and I want to welcome you all to this week's episode of the MMNM Podcast, which is being recorded at MMNM's offices in New York City, May 21st, 2019. And our guest today is Artie Arianpour, CEO and co-founder of Seekster, the San Diego-based health startup. Hey, Artie. Hey, Mark. So nice to be here. Thanks so much for having myself and Seekster on your show. Absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us. We do appreciate it. And you are a member of our uh, esteemed 2019 class of uh, healthcare transformers. Uh, so it's nice to follow up with you on the podcast. And thanks to all of you out there for listening. Uh, I also want to thank our producer, Mickey Brown. I'm flying solo today from a hosting perspective. And uh, we're pre-recording this and the replay will be posted tomorrow to your podcast and service of choice. Just a little housekeeping before we get to uh, the interview with Artie. Um, our Hall of Femme uh, is coming up on June 6th uh, here in New York City as well. Uh, you'll get to meet all the members of the, of the Hall of Femme class, um, as well as the women to watch. Um, and uh, speaking of uh, gender diversity, so to speak, we were putting the final uh, touches on our June issue, which is our diversity and inclusion issue. Uh, so you can look for that. All that content will be posting June 3rd on our website. So it's a nice package on DNI, which is, of course, one of the biggest, most pressing matters uh, in, in the industry today. Um, and as a matter of fact, the cross verticals. Um, looking forward to, to, to next month, we'll be at Can Lions Health, uh, June 17th to 18th. Actually, my colleague, uh, my boss, uh, Steve Madden, editor in chief, will be there. Um, and uh, our own awards, MMM awards, um, are in full swing. Uh, our judges are now pouring over all of the more than 600 submissions. Um, judging day will be June 24th. And then, of course, driving toward the uh, the, uh, the finish line, which is the award ceremony in October. Uh, so more to come on that. All right, that's our story. Now let's get to Artie's story. Um, you know, those of, of you who are close readers of, of, of MMM will know that we like to write about those tough nuts to crack in healthcare, like changing human behavior um, and, uh, you know, getting people to drop unhealthy habits uh, for healthy ones, adherence, compliance, you know, the real uh, tough, tough, hairy uh, problems. Um, I would put up in that in that same uh, uh, area the problem of interoperability. You know, getting uh, EMR systems to um, talk with one another um, and to be able to um, have patients have access to and to be able to port their personal health uh, data is is also one of those big hairy problems that up to this point has seemed um, pretty resistant to to uh, uh, to a solution. Um, I. I tried a, a tool this morning um, or a little earlier today uh, that I feel really um, does, does a good job um, at, at solving that problem. Uh, and that's Artie's tool from Seekster. Um, he took me through, um, I know you don't like to call it a demo, but it was kind of a, a live experience with the tool. Um, and basically what it does is it helps um, just what, what he purports to be able to do, which is to be able to um, port all of one's healthcare data from a multitude of different healthcare systems and institutions, as well as your fitness data from your favorite wearable um, and, and more into one centralized record. And the user interface is as simple as kind of logging in to that health system uh, or that, that fitness device. Um, and what was really cool about it was there's a number of data visu visualization aspects to the tool um, and it, it really makes it easy to see your health data um, and it stitches together multiple health systems um, in one longitudinal um, 
uh, bar graph or chart or whatever you're you're looking at, which apparently is is a, is a real um, you know like the the ninth wonder of the world, you know, for for data scientists to be able to do that. Um, so um, you know we have already here you know kind of climbed this mountain, summited that peak, and uh, you know he's heading up the San Diego based startups with rethinking the electronic health record, and so I wanted to really be able to. This is a real privilege to be able to to talk to you about this already and get your take on it. And now, now others that you've shared this this tool with have had similar experience, right? Yeah, thanks so much, Mark. Um, you know, we knew we really had something when uh, Bill Gates uh, called and wanted to see what Seekster was all about. That was, I think, the moment where we said, oh, my God, you know, um, there's someone that's bigger than life that is interested in understanding interoperability and Seekster. And then, you know, right after that, um, we had the uh, public experience sharing of Dr. Eric Topol's data when he was able to bring four health systems, his 23andMe, his fitness information from his Fitbit, his nutrition information from his MyFitnessPal, all in one place using the Seekster platform. And he tweeted about his experience. He actually posted a a screenshot of his Seekster profile with, you know, these records being stitched and all the data in one place. So, um, you know, we were in stealth for about three years, came out of stealth last year. And ever since, um, you know, some people that are much smarter, much bigger than us that have tried it have resonated with not only the experience from the patient engagement and patient journey side that we're giving, as you saw, earlier today um, uh, with the health data. But more importantly, it's the scale that we can now operate on. Um, and interoperability being a $30 billion problem in the United States, it's definitely a hairy problem or two, right? And mm -hmm. it is the central problem in patients really you know, taking one piece of data to another. All this data has been siloed for a long time. And with Seekster, we created the SaaS healthcare solution that seamlessly integrates into any payer, provider, or clinical research enterprise. We provide that instant interoperability to retrieve and harmonize electronic health records, baseline genetic data, and continuous monitoring data from distinct sources. Excellent. And you know, we'll get to a little bit later how you know your um, ability to. Um, solve, you know, uh, or come up with a solution for our fragmented healthcare system uh, was kind of serendipitous. Uh, and, um, but at first I wanted to hear your personal story. Like what, you know, oftentimes we know that people who start um, health, health tech companies, health startups have a, a personal connection with uh, usually the, um, you know, there, there's some main, you know, uh, experience or passion or, or personal connection that's driving them. Uh, to solve, you know, whatever uh, problem they're trying to to solve. Uh, what, what was it for you? You know, take us through your, your personal story about how you arrived at, at you know, founding this, co-founding this company and, and, and leading it. Yeah, you know, um, and you're right. It has to do with um, mission, vision, and personal story. So the personal story is uh, I was lucky enough to grow up in San Diego, California, was, you know, at the mecca of the genomics hotbed had a lot of experience and success in bringing 
you know, next generation DNA sequencing technologies to the clinic and built actually, you know, a billion dollar company before this. At the same time, realized that we were siloing the data on the clinical diagnostics end. My mom's a breast cancer survivor. My dad, unfortunately, got colon cancer last year, and he's a colon cancer survivor. We use the Seekster mm -hmm. uh, uh, technology to take a look at his data. Both my grandparents passed away due to Alzheimer's disease. And during the process of you know, building Seekster, and it's been a, an amazing journey um, that's been so unpredictable, and that's just how it is when you're blazing the trail on something that you don't know much about and you get deeper and deeper and you know, if you do good, then, you know, if, well, things come for you as well. And um, what happened was uh, we fell, you know, on this inspiration of how, what would happen if you had all your health data in one place? Because I was one of the first people to have my genome data. And that didn't mean anything unless it's paired with my electronic health records. And then all these devices, Apple watches and Fitbits and Garmin's were coming to the market. And so the tailwinds were perfect, even though we've been doing this for a couple of years now, um, we fell on that interoperability on complete accident. That was not our goal. And you know what we built would never get funded. We've done the dirty work on the health data side where you know, most companies just never you know, get to. And that was another accident that I'll talk about. Great, yeah. So um, it's um, you know, like you said, siloed health data um, is is a problem that we all have our, our own. Um, you know, is a problem that we all bear the burden of. You know, whether we're trying to maintain our own health records or, or those of a loved one, um, you know, we, we can all kind of attest to the difficulty it is in kind of extracting that health data. You know, from an institution that's kind of keeping it behind some kind of proprietary EHR wall or something. And it's often, as you said, it's often done through paper, you know, you know, faxing and, and mailing, you know, physical records, um, uh, whether they be, um, you know, just, just, uh, you know, vaccination record or, you know, something more like a, a surgical record or, or imaging diagnostic imaging. So it's a real, um, something that touches everybody. And maybe, maybe that's why, you know, the, the people like Gates, um, uh, and, uh, and, and Dr. Topol that, that you showed it to, you know, were really so, so taken by it. Um, and, and I was too, frankly, it's really impressive. So, um, talk, talk about that. How did you, you know, apparently, you know, you, you say you, you stumbled upon, you know, this way of, of stitching together, um, you know, these, what heretofore were thought to be, um, uh, inoperable, uh, records into on the back end. How, how did you come on that that solution? Yeah. So we started really small. We had this idea of connecting all the health data in San Diego. In San Diego, you have four health systems. You have Kaiser. You have Sharp, who's run on all scripts. Um, you have um, uh, uh, UCSD, and you also have Scripps. Those are four major health systems, and within five mile radius. You know, you have, I don't know, 4 million people or so in San Diego County, all San Diego County, somewhere around 4 million or so, um, that if they go see a doctor or a physician, they go to one of those institutions. Well, um, if you grew up in San Diego, maybe with your, you know, parents, you're part of Sharp and then, you know, you're, I don't know, go to school and then you have some kind of other insurance and you're part of, you know, UCSD now, 
you're going to UCSD. So you have UCSD medical and then mm-hmm. you grow up and you're 25 years old and you have, you know, some career, hopefully of some sort. And, you know, um, your, your company's uh, uh, sponsoring you so that, you know, you have health insurance with scripts. So, you know, the average American by the age of 25 really has um, health data siloed at, at least three health systems. If you're chronically mm-hmm. ill, then you even have way more. If you're a cancer patient or if you're, you know, um, an autoimmune patient or, you know, you have some kind of rare disease of some sort, you've gone to various different um, uh, hospitals and institutions to try to find the answer, right? And um, in San Diego, it was great because uh, even though there was four different health systems and they were all on different EMR, EHR databases, what we thought is because we came from the genomics industry, and this is really the secret, I'll share it with everyone on air here. You know, we looked at DNA data and DNA data is ATCG. It doesn't matter where your DNA comes from or what lab your DNA comes from. Your data will always look the same. Yes, if you have a genome, it's 3 billion letters. If you have an exome, it's a lot shorter. And if you have genotyping done by, you know, 23andMe or Ancestry DNA or something, you know, it's, it's a lot shorter than the genome. But at the end of the day, it's still in the same, you know, um, I guess you could say computerized file and form. Okay. And it's ATCG. So we came from that experience, my team and I, um, and we built an amazing bioinformatics team that understood data science, that understood just, you know, standardizing and harmonizing data. And then when we started looking at the EHR data, we saw what a mess it was. And, you know, it was, it's different if you have UCSD data to UCSF data, if it's on the same Epic version. And so we thought, okay, how do we put everything on the same, you know, level and playing field so that you can ingest data and then visualize that data. You can't visualize data or stitch data the way you saw it and the way that, you know, Bill Gates saw it, the way that Eric uh, Topol experienced it without actually doing, like I said earlier, the dirty work. That dirty work never gets funded. So we funded that ourselves at the beginning. And then we had, you know, thankfully some amazing investors that believed in, you know, our past experiences and success and the team. We brought on some amazing advisors and um, started taking a look at various different ways where we can put the person at the center of healthcare, disrupting those data silos to bring together that episodic EHR data, baseline genetic data, continuous monitoring data. And what's really interesting is the fact that, you know, the more experts within health IT and interoperability that we talk to, what people have now told us is, oh my God, you know, Seekster has solved and really built, you know, a person-centric interoperability platform that's that's a consumer-mediated exchange, which basically gives patients the ability to aggregate and manage their health information, you know, in one place. And when in control of their own health information, patients can help transfer information between providers, correct inaccurate demographic information, medical information, billing information, and track and monitor their own health. And as you said earlier, it's not about just our own health, but it's a loved one's health. 
And that's what really resonated with, you know, um, others um, is the fact that we are even able to create a caregiver view so that you can take care of mom and dad and whoever in the family, because family history is so important. And all this data was just being siloed. And we really never know what our families really have. And, um, you know, I really do believe that having all your health data in one place can, you know, save a life or two and make a decision for life or death. Right. And, and like you said, I mean, literally, as you're you know, hovering over this bar graph on your, your blood pressure or whatever clinical physiological data point was being you know, recorded in the, in the health record, it shows, OK, this data came from Scripps. And then at this point, it switched over to UCSD or whatever the, whatever the institution was where that data originated. So that, that's pretty cool. You know, I, I'm sure that would, that would be very impressive. I mean, it's impressive to me as a layperson. I'm sure it would be very impressive to a data scientist as well. And your, your business model is also interesting, right? You're coming at it from a B2B perspective. You have over 3,000 uh, health systems signed up, about 50,000 small doctor's offices as you connect these pipes of healthcare. Yeah, let me tell you a little bit about that. So the inspiration there was a personal one. So I was always a mint.com user for finances. And, you know, mint.com, uh, as you know, and if you, the, the audience and the, and the listeners know, um, is uh, a site where you get to put all your financial information and you get to connect your Wells Fargo, Bank of America, student loans, and your net worth. I always ask the question of why can't we have a dashboard in seeing our net health? And so like mint.com for healthcare, that's what Seekster is. Users create a matched longitudinal data profile across all their US-based physicians, hospitals, health systems, electronic health records, lab results, medical images, genomic DNA profiles, wearables, home health and fitness solutions. And our business model though, this is where we, I think, knocked it out of the park, is the fact that we didn't go direct to consumer. And you need a lot of money as you know, better than anyone from marketing and various different resources and getting the message out to go direct to consumer. And we said, you know, um, there's got to be a better way. And we got lucky on that part because as we started presenting what we created and what you saw and what others have seen, um, it resonates really well because, you know, all of healthcare is looking for a person centric interoperability solution. And so, you know, our business model is B2B and we help healthcare payers and providers on board in an efficient and accurate way. And we are the Intel inside, you know, chip basically powering, you know, their platform and it can be customized to their needs. And so that's what's great because we can scale rapidly and we're not trying to, you know, have, um, you know, one user log in every day or build some, you know, database of some sort. I think those sorts of businesses will have, you know, lots of trouble. And there's a lot of me too's like that. We want to di differentiate ourselves because we had a, you know, unique and advantage um, on our technology that just no one has. Seekster is a scarce resource. But at the same time, we want this, you know, technology to be in the hands of, you know, lots of people so that, you know, they can have the experience that, you know, you saw earlier. Right. And I, as a consumer, um, can't get access to it because it's not a DTC model like, like Mint. But if my institution signs up, like if I have medical records with UMDNJ, for instance, being the fact that I live in, in New Jersey, I'm a Jersey guy, um, <laughs> then, then all of a sudden I can get access to the, to the login and, and it's one login, which is, seems pretty convenient from a user perspective. 
Yeah. So that was another thing. And so when we started doing this, we thought, you know, we never thought that that was going to be such a big deal, but one site, one login um, is actually a big feat on its own. And, you know, just that simple feature is makes and breaks down barriers. And when you're trying to break down data silos, you have to break down multiple barriers on the back end to truly break down the data silo. And um, that that is, you know, a lot harder than what people think. And I think that's what we're so proud of the team. The team really cracked a nut on that. And it was an accident. We didn't know what interoperability was, you know, about two years ago. It was actually even hard to pronounce, as I've said many, many times. <laughs> but but somehow they came up with uh, the right coding on the back end uh, to solve that interoperability hurdle uh, and to get the data to, to mesh with, with each other. Um, yeah. Speaking of the team, you know, you're, you're based there in San Diego, uh, so it's it's not you know, where many people feel is the epicenter of digital health, which would be, you know, several hundred miles to the north. Um, but you have a phenomenal team there, you must have, of, of EHR specialists and, and data scientists. Talk about the expertise that you bring together there uh, on your team. Yeah, so, you know, this, this all the credit goes to the team, right? Um, it's great to have mission, it's great to have vision, but if you don't have a team that can execute, then, you know, ideas are a dime a dozen. I have so many people that contact me and say, oh, my God, we had that idea. We had that idea. And, you know, a lot of people had this idea, right? Um, Microsoft Health Vault had this idea. Google Health had this idea. But, you know, even big tech companies, even Apple has not um, been able to crack the nut the way we have on nationwide scale. And the reason being is because we bring a diverse, um, you know, uh, intelligence from the team that's just hard to put together. We have amazing people from the security and privacy side that I brought on early on. Um, we have amazing people from the scalability side because we thought about this from the scale from the get-go. And if you didn't think like that, then you wouldn't be able to scale the way we have been able to so quickly and have that nationwide coverage of 3,000 plus hospitals and counting, you know, integrated. Um, as well as, you know, there's uh, diverse data that we're dealing with. We're not dealing with just DNA data. You can't just bring in, you know, DNA scientists. Um, we're dealing with EHR data. We had to find people who understood the EHR data better than anybody. We had to find people who understood wearable and continuous monitoring data, you know, better than anybody. And so, you know, we brought a diverse um, a set of expertise within, you know, three different domains. And then on top of that, we brought on, um, uh, you know, really uh, amazing advisors that understand the payer space, that understand the provider space, um, that understand the clinical trial space, and that understand also the consumer space. And so those were the four verticals that this, you know, um, amazing platform can really, you know, um, move the needle on because uh, Seekster can provide benefits from pulling medical records for you know, various different customers. And, um, you know, we try to make something really universal. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned, you know, doing something that uh, Google Health and Microsoft Vault could not. In a nutshell, what, what would you say um, you're doing differently that they had trouble with? Yeah, so, you know, those guys, um, you know, had the idea of going direct to consumer, number one. Number two was all self-reported data. 
And coming from the you know DNA sequencing side, our team and I uh, knew that self-reported data is just not really valuable, right? There's nothing really special of you typing in some form that you know your your mom had breast cancer, right? Uh, your dad had colon cancer, or you know whatever that is. Um, number one, you don't know you don't know if it's true. Number two, um, the value is not chain of custody data. So you know, um, Microsoft Health Vault and Google Health was all about self-reported data. And they were mostly PHRs. We are not a PHR. A lot of times, a lot of people think we're a PHR because we show a consumer-driven, data-driven, very nice visualization. And when you see data that's being visualized the same way that you saw it earlier, a lot of people think that we're a PHR. But what we, we really are is an EHR+. plus. We're not getting rid of Epic or Cerner or Allscripts or you know McKesson or whoever. Um, at the, at the end of the day, we sit on top of those, and we're able to pull from multiple sources. We're able to standardize this data. That's something that, that you know the the big tech companies were not able to do. And the big tech companies, obviously, even Apple today, they're very agnostic. If you don't have you know an iPhone, you can't use Apple Health Records. And, you know, Apple Health Records is missing, you know, lots of things like clinical notes. It doesn't get multi-generational data. It doesn't standardize the taxonomy of the data. You know, it doesn't do user annotation and correction. It's not cross-platform, you know, global scalable. Um, you know, with Seekster, it doesn't matter if it's iOS, Samsung, Android, um, you know, web-based, what we, you know, kept true to is the mission of, you know, uh, device and OS agnostic and something that would auto sync. It's one site, one login. It would visualize all the data. You'd be able to share that data with families and physicians. We created that caregiver view. You can put in various different notifications and alerts. And it's just more comprehensive because we get longitudinal, multi-dimensional and, um, you know, multi uh, source data. And that's something that the tech companies still have not been able to crack. Sure. And and like them, um, uh, or, you know, because they came at it from the DTC point of view, there is one benefit to that. And that was, as you pointed out to me in the privacy area, you don't necessarily need to go through the same, jump through the same hoops from a HIPAA standpoint, as you would, you know, if you were going uh, from, uh, from a B2B standpoint, other, um, so you're 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 combining a, your your business model is B two B because you're going directly to the health systems and the doctor practices and signing them up as you get nationwide scale, but it's still driven by the individual, right? So they opt in to have their data ported in. So right there, you have opt in from a HIPAA standpoint. Is that is that correct? You you got it. Yeah, that's right. And so you know when you put the person at the center of their healthcare, amazing things happen if you have the right technology. And then when you combine that by enabling the organizations to deliver that cost-effective healthcare via collection of comprehensive medical records, individual genomic profiles, and personal health device data all in one place, that's what drives things the way that you see it. And um, you know that is person-centric interoperability. That has never existed until Seekster. Um, you know uh, to have that you know, comprehensive person-centric interoperability, that's what Seekster really enables. And, um, you know, we're really proud on the fact that uh, our technology can actually do that and at scale. 
right? And, you know, the beep front is, you know, by orders of magnitude, really, we dramatically reduce the cost time of acquiring relevant patient records. Imagine how many millions of people in our country spend time from both the provider side and the patient side and the money that goes in, you know, to uh, collect medical records. You know, it's just something that, you know, happens behind the scenes. And, you know, unless you are, you know, have a family member that's been involved in some sort of critical care, you, you don't really understand how painful this is and how costly it is. It's a huge problem for our healthcare fragmented system in the U.S. Sure. And so it's, it's a nice blending, you know, of your, of your business models and your approaches. Um, and I'm sure um, other as big tech companies, you know, trying to crack this nut as well. I'm sure you've had some interest from them. Have, have any of them knocked on your door? And can you, you know, comment on, on, on that? <laughs> well, what I can comment on, you know, is in April, we were in the, you know, Wall Street Journal front cover business section. And, you know, in the same sentences as, you know, Apple and United Healthcare and, and others, um, you know, uh, tech companies, and that article was about, you know, tech companies being interested in, in this sort of space. And we were lucky enough that uh, we got a spot with these, you know, uh, tycoons, I guess you could say, little seekster, right? But don't ever uh, underestimate the, 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 the small guy, right? Um, don't ever un underestimate how fast, you know, uh, Ducati can really go, right? Even though it's a small bike, you know, <laughs> sometimes it can really beat a Ferrari, right? And there's a reason for that, right? Because it's, it's focused on, you know, one thing. And, um, you know, the tech companies, uh, there have been, you know, numerous tech companies. I mean, what's special is Seekster, what I can share with you is uh, numerous tech companies have contacted us. Uh, numerous, you know, large enterprises have contacted us. Um, and it, that's where we feel like we've actually created the salesforce.com for health data. And, you know, with a mint.com user interface to me that's our magic and to be able to actually understand health data from the consumer's end and it being visualized from a mint.com feel but then having it you know empowered from a salesforce.com business commercial model i mean that's like you know that that gives me chills because yeah. uh, i understand and i see what impact this can have on our lives. And, you know, talking about being, you know, uh, a health transformer, it, it's not even about being a health transformer. This sort of technology transforms health, Rand, and, and that's what's really special, I think. Absolutely, I think this, this will change the game. Uh, and the name itself comes from another famous uh, tech company, right? Kind of. I'll tell you where the name comes from. So um, obviously came from a sequencing background. So I was drinking the sequencing Kool-Aid and uh, I, uh, I, I actually personally named Seekster and uh, my co-founders at the time, you know, thought it was the stupidest name ever. Um, to this day, uh, they'll never change the name because everyone loves it because I always say everyone's a Seekster. And it's naturally adapted to, you know, everyone is seeking health data, S-E-E-K-I-N-G. 
And so that's why you're a Seekster, Mark. That's why my mom's a Seekster. That's why Bill Gates is, is a Seekster. That's why Eric mm -hmm. Topol is a Seekster. Everyone is seeking health data. You're a Seekster. And it doesn't matter even if you're a payer or, or a provider, you're still a Seekster too. If you're some enterprise that's seeking health data. Right now, there's something revolutionary happening, I think, in the digital health and um, you know, uh, healthcare industry. And healthcare and technology are intersecting, right? And you know, I do believe that Seekster can be a household name. Now, whether it becomes the Intel Inside name or something else, I, I think it has the power and it's kind of got the buzz too a little bit. Sure, so that's kind of leading to my, my last question here. Um, uh, you've been in stealth mode, so to speak now. Uh, you've gotten some media coverage you know, from, from us and some, some of the mainstream press. Will we will we hear or will we see some some major marketing efforts from you um, going forward in the next six months? No, nothing is happening at Seekster. You know, and it's 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 you know we're going to change our whole business model and pivot somewhere else, like everyone else. No, um, yeah, um, there's there's some special things that are definitely happening. Um, the technology, what I can share, is super scalable. It's a SaaS platform, software as a service for health. And so, you know, um, from tech companies to large enterprises, to providers, to payers, to people looking at, you know, uh, positively changing health outcomes, uh, to folks that want to retrieve medical records faster for, you know, chronically ill patients, um, all the way to as simple as, you know, empowering a very large consumer base because you know someone is missing the technology that we created we're having uh, you know several discussions of scale um, to you know um, bring seekster to the front and so in the next you know um, several weeks and months uh, you will see some interesting news about how we can take seekster to that next level okay we will stay tuned on that front. Uh, so now uh, it's time for something that we call the speed round here on the MMM podcast, where we just ask you some kind of uh, fun questions. Um, what are you reading these days? Oh, everything about interoperability, EHR, and, you know, um, uh, I don't have actually much time to read anything. Uh, anything that has to do with digital health, um, you know, occupies my time. And that's actually a sad thing because I used to spend a lot of time reading, you know, books on my iBook uh, or iBooks um, on my uh, uh, iPad. And there's just not not time when you're running a hot startup like Seekster. You're just you just don't have time for anything other than maybe a run or two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, social media, I know, is something you, you, you play an active role in. Um, what execs do you admire? You know, it's interesting. Um, my dream was always to meet Steve Jobs. It was my dream. Um, I did my MBA thesis actually on, on Apple and, and Steve. And um, when I met Bill and I never thought that I would meet Bill, it was my dad's dream to meet Bill. When I met Bill, uh, that definitely changed my perspective on a lot of things. What an amazing, humble, you know, um, just person that he is that you read about 
in the news that you don't really think about. Um, and obviously super successful. Um, but I, I really look up to um, folks like <clears throat> uh, that have changed <clears throat> cultures and, you know, made a positive impact like uh, Dara, who runs Uber currently and, you know, just took Uber IPO. Um, I think Uber was having a lot of problems and he was able to uh, uh, take Uber at a very bad uh, moment in life and, you know, change it for better. And he's, he keeps doing that. Um, look up definitely to Tim Cook and just big executives in tech that, you know, um, stick, stay true to a mission. I think it's really hard to stay true to a mission and you need idols and um, leaders that um, you can look up to that stay true to a mission. It helps young entrepreneurs like us that are on the small end. Yeah, great, great answers. Okay, um, well, that's gonna um, uh, just do it for, for this uh, installment of the podcast. Um, I wanna thank you, Artie, again for you know taking the time out to tell us about how you're you know, solving something that, uh, that Microsoft and Google had a lot of trouble with, but it sounds like you're really making a run at. Thanks so much, it was so great you know, uh, spending time with you. And again, really appreciate uh, being on MMM's um, podcast here and uh, celebrating our 10th podcast with you guys is a special one. So thanks to you, Mickey, and, and the whole clan. Absolutely, happy to be uh, number 10. And uh, speaking of that, um, you know, we've, we've uh, just in, in closing, um, you know, you'll, you'll be able to uh, kind of uh, see the team in action uh, next month at the Hall of Femme uh, ceremony and, um, and program uh, June 6th in the city. Um, and then uh, we've got, of course, and then judging day coming up June 24th. So we don't slow down over the summer here. Uh, the, uh, the content bus keeps on rolling. Um, and uh, that's going to do it for us today. So for Artie Arianpour, Mickey, Mickey Brown, um, this is Mark Iskowitz signing off, and we'll see you next week on the MMNM podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.